Hi, y'all. It's Angela. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled. I am super excited today. You are in for a treat because we have another podcast host. She is the host of The Confidence Crown, which is all about self-confidence and specifically for women and women in business. I mean, I'm sure men listen to it too. She's also an author. She runs her business. She is still the CEO of The Confidence Crown. And I'm so excited to have her here today so that she can share her story with us. And she was just telling me that she was just in Nashville for a conference and we were talking about how crazy the humidity is. She is on the West Coast in LA. I'm so jealous because the weather there is probably like perfect. And today is like actually the first day that it kind of feels like fall, but it's still hot as hell here. But anyway, let me bring Lisa Hyde on. Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, Angela, thank you so much. I'm cracking up as you're saying all that because I'm like, yeah, I think it's 72 um, and that's fall for us. It's cooled off here. (laughs) It's so awesome. It's beautiful. It's sunny out. It feels great. There's a little a little crisp in the air. I'm, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. This is amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I see that. I'm like, she's in a sweatshirt. I'm over here like in a <laughs> super thin t-shirt. So. Because it was 69 when I left my house this morning and I was like, I need a sweatshirt. Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. The thin like, blood of California. <laughs> well, yeah. Before we dive in and start talking about how you have become a podcast guest, an author, and how you've started your business. Take us back to when, where did you, I know you grew up in LA and I feel like this business and I love your business name. I mean, you just put it out there. It's like, we're going to be confident. I'm going to help women be confident who own their business. And y'all it's hard. It's super hard. So I love how you, you just like grabbed it and you're like, I'm going to do this. I can't wait to hear your story. But before you've gotten to where you are today, like take us down that journey. What did that look like? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Today's podcast is brought to you by Vlog Easy. That is V as in victory. Vlog Easy is an app in the iTunes store for iPhones that help you make content videos as well as vlogging on the go to share with your audience. It has absolutely transformed the way that I do video and communicate with my audience. If you are looking for an app that allows you to edit on the go 
Or if you simply don't know how to edit videos, this app allows you to do just that. You can record yourself in a quiet room. You don't have to remember what to say. You can simply look at your notes and each time you're quiet and you pause, the Vlog Easy app takes all of those quiet moments out and edits everything together. It's like magic and it saves so much time. Vlog Easy allows you to record in vertical or horizontal formatting. You can import existing videos that live on your phone into the app and so much more. Vlog Easy Pro gives you the unlimited cloud backup as well as removing the watermark. Give it a try for free today. The link is bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash Vlog Easy. And all all caps. Vlog easy is case sensitive, so be sure that you've got that caps lock on and you're putting in vlog easy in all uppercase. V is in Victor, L O G E A S Y. Give it a try. Absolutely. And yes to the confidence ground. We're going to own it. We're going to own it and we're going to earn it because that's what it's all about. Um, so, I am from Los Angeles, um, third generation, actually. I'm this rare bird here because, like, nobody's from L.A. Uh -uh. Uh, (laughs) I grew up in the same neighborhood that I live in now because I just love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It is. It is. Um, But I grew up with a world that was divided in two. Half my family had a retail background and half my family was in entertainment. So I knew from age of five that I was going to be a talent agent, just like my dad and my grandfather. And that was my end all be all goal. And I was like, so laser focused that I really didn't look for anything else in school, in college, anything else to like excite me. Actually, I went to college to find anything else to excite me. And the funny thing was, um, I knew what I wanted to do. I just had to have a BA to start because when you become a talent agent, you have to start in what's called the mailroom, which is the lowest, lowest rung of the world. It is like being the janitor. Like there's nothing lower and there's nothing wrong with being a janitor, but just there's no, there's no one below. And you have to work your patootie off (laughs) to prove that you are worthy of this career that you want, but you may not start unless you have a bachelor's degree, right? That, that was like, that's crazy. I know, which now it, Nobody cares about that stuff. It doesn't, my bachelor's degree does nothing right. for me, but back then. Um, so that was it. So for me, college was like, how quickly can I get through it? Is there anything else that's interesting? Ugh, this is also boring. And I had actually been working in different retail settings since I was 13 because I was an independent girl back then. <laughs> um, my mom was a single parent. And so if I wanted things, I had to figure out a way how to pay for them. So I always had a part-time job of some sort. Uh, through, I mean, literally since 13, whoever would give me a job, I would take it. And I worked my way through college doing retail. Um, And it was just, again, it's how I paid bills. I didn't love it. Got to do what you got to (laughs) do. Got to do what you got to do. Right. Um, But my goal was to be an agent. So basically the week I graduated, I started in the mailroom again, like the bottom of the bottom, (laughs) worked my way up. I was both a talent agent and a manager for 12 years. Um, I loved entertainment. It was my life, my passion, my my everything. And um, unfortunately, my mom became ill 
and I became her caregiver. So I had to shut my ban- my management company down. She's making a sad face. I know it's really horrible because she's my best friend, and it was, it was. But there was no second guessing this. It was, I have a business, and because it was my own business, um, and knowing that my mom was going to need all of my attention, I had to close it. There was just nothing. I couldn't keep it around. Um, it wasn't going to work. I have a question though. How yeah. long? Okay, so you had to start in the mailroom, but like. How long did it take you to like work up within those 12 years and then like say, okay, I'm going to do my own thing? Um, that's a great question. Again, high achiever. Um, I wasn't one Me for too, sitting still. Um, it was funny. I thought I wanted to be an agent forever. And it was three years into the agency world where I was like, yeah, you know, this actually isn't the part I love. I love developing talent which is something that I inherited from my grandfather and I had this genuine knack for it. And so I found out that being a talent manager meant that I could really have time to develop talent and that I could also produce. You get to wear two hats. So um, that happened again, like three years into it. So probably I did a stint in production. It was too slow and boring. So five years in, I think is when I started dabbling in owning my own management company. And then I'd go work for somebody and then I'd come back and have my own. And it was just, it's one of those places where sometimes you team up with people because you want to have, you know, more power. You want to have more money accessible to you. And sometimes it's just, you have a great stable of clients. So working from your house, which I did in my twenties, um, was freaking awesome. And I loved it, but it was a 24 seven job. There's, yeah, it never shuts off. It never shuts off. And the minute it does, you lose a client. So that's the hard part of it. And so when I had to make that decision to shut my management company down, um, I had clients like, oh, don't worry, we won't call you as much. I'm like, no, I mean, I, I know, like, I won't be there for you. I can't, I can't kid glove you. I can't, <laughs> I can't coddle you. Um, my focus is my mom. So what did I do? I went back to retail because <laughs> I knew I could get a paycheck. I'd have insurance um, and I wouldn't have to worry or think much about it. And I was able to get kind of a nine to fiver version of it where I managed um, three different stores and had cool staffs and like people who understood what I was going through. So I got really lucky because they knew me, they knew my situation, and I was able to take the time I need to take care of her. But is she I, better now? No, unfortunately, she okay, passed I'll pray away. For her. Oh, yeah. no, she passed. I think we're going to come up on year fourteen this year. Oh my gosh! So this was a lot a while ago. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. So again, you you know you think you have a plan, and I t- I talked oh. to a lot of twenty somethings and. I, you know, I love the excitement and the joy and then they have and the passion they have for that first career, I call it, Um, because it doesn't always pan out the way you think it's going to. And instead of getting stuck, I just kept reinventing myself because after five years, I couldn't go back to entertainment. I was not going to start at the bottom again. I didn't have my clients. What was I going to do? Be someone's assistant? It didn't make sense. Mm -mm. I'd already been an owner. It's hard to go backwards. Yeah. Um, and, and retail was like mind numbing and, and also just killed my joy. Like it just, it was not working for me. And I it's was not fulfilling sometimes. I feel like. No. And I mean, listen, we, we need it. I, I am a great consumer. Oh yeah. Me too. <laughs> I, I keep retailers <laughs> open, but 
it wasn't my passion and I had to figure out what else I could do that would excite me daily. And it took a moment. I actually went back to school and I got a new degree because that dumb BA did nothing for me in the world outside of entertainment. There was, nobody was going to hire me. I I had no credentials for anything. Um, So I had to start over and I went back to school. I got a degree and I was learning a healthcare trade. Talk about right brain, left brain swap, right? And, um, and I knew nothing. Math and science terrified me. So I was like, what am I doing? Um, and the first class was physics. But I did learned- Did you do it. good though? Like, did you master it? Can I tell you something? I, it was so embarrassing when I had to go pull my grades from my college years to bring to the new school. And I was like, God, I was a horrible student the first time around. I got all A's. I was straight A's in this new system, but it was a two-year program. Um, I was probably the, one of the few adults yeah. in the room, right? Um, when it's occupational, it's a different setting, but I learned a new trade. I learned how to do vascular ultrasound, which I never knew I wanted to learn, but it was super cool to be experiencing a new world. Yeah. Again, no passion, but I knew that I could have a variety of different jobs when I finished the program. And so it was kind of going to give me some flexibility. And that was really where my head was at. And then I became a caregiver again. So I'm four months before graduation and I am now my grandmother's caregiver and my heart is broken and I have no more drive or ability to turn it up at work. Like I'm like, hmm, I do not want to work in a hospital. What am I going to do? And I started having panic attacks and I was freaking out because I'd spent $42,000 going back to school, Angela. (laughs) And I didn't want this new career. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So I don't know, fate, divine intervention. I don't know what, I don't know what it was, but a stranger on LinkedIn reached out to me and said that they were working a home business that helped them Uh get out of debt. And they had a flexible schedule and it was great for their skin and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, why are you calling me? I was kind of nasty. I was a massive skeptic. And I was like, look, girl, I'm in school full time. I am taking care of my grandmother full time. Like, I don't know what I, I am crazy right now. She's like, well, you know, you pick your own hours. You can kind of work it like a hobby. Well, that was the magic word. Hobby. Hobby, because I thought, oh my gosh, if I'm going to take this job at the hospital that I do not want, that I do not have any passion for, I'm going to need some joy. And that was really it. And so I jumped in. I, again, I gave her so much grief. I was like, sure they work. Products like that don't work over the camera. What are you talking about? I have a Beverly Hills dermatologist. You don't know diddly. <laughs> I, was, I was definitely that. I was that person. Uh, and then lo and behold, honestly, this is a crazy story, but three months in, sorry, three weeks, three whole weeks, three weeks. Um, I had nurse, nurses at the hospital like corner me and they're like, we have to talk to you. Of course, I'm thinking I did something bad to a patient and I'm like, ultrasound, you can't really hurt anyone. But then again, I was like, who knows? My head was elsewhere. And they're like, we need to know what's going on with you. I'm like, okay, what? You're glowing. Your skin is glowing. What is going on? Now, girl, I had horrible melasma at that time because I, during my mom's illness, obtained this lovely adult onset cystic acne. Oh, and the treatment from that, stress? From stress. And it was actually a genetic fun thing that she handed to me in my 30s. <laughs> um, but it came raging out when I was taking care of her. And 
I had a great dermatologist, like I said, who I loved, and they were able to finally, after a few years, like get a handle on it. But it left me with this other thing called melasma, which is this brown patchy, really looks like dirt on your face. Let's be honest. It's not fun. No makeup covers it up and no treatment, no products, no treatments, nothing, laser, nothing, nothing worked. And so when this girl had approached me about the business, I'd given her so much grief. So I'm like, I've tried everything. Nothing works. Mm-hmm. Like this will. I used to have it too. And I was like, hmm. Well, maybe that's why she like was on you. <laughs> Somehow. So you do this. That LinkedIn thing. So yeah, it was crazy. So the nurses noticed and they wanted to buy stuff. So the next day, I, mean, I knew nothing about my business. I, I was like three weeks in, green, green, green. I called the woman who brought me into the business. She was nowhere to be found. So I called the next person and I said, okay, look, I don't understand this network marketing stuff. You need to explain what I'm doing. And these people want to know about the product. She's like, it's okay. Just bring in the four core regimens that we have and read the front of the boxes. You're like, she's like, it's not hard. No, don't make it hard. Just read the front of the boxes and explains what each one does. Okay. So I did it and they all bought something. I got back in the car and I was screaming like, oh my God. What just happened? How did this work? And she's like, that's it. You just have to share authentically. So sorry, long story short, but this is how I got no, into but this is great. the world I'm in because I wouldn't have looked for this. I was a skeptic of this, of this channel. I did not understand network marketing or multi-level marketing, whatever one you call it. I was very, very, very skeptical of direct sales. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as <laughs> the girl who went to Beverly Hills to buy her skincare and see her doctor. I did not know that there was really a true world of quality product outside of that. Mm-hmm. But my no, skin. Oh, until somebody. Until shows- somebody shows it to you, until you try it. My skin changed so dramatically. I am melasma free. I'm also makeup free as I share That's with you right amazing. now. Your skin is beautiful. And girlfriend, I just turned 50. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I cannot believe that. I don't know if I can swear, but this is the bomb. <laughs> That's awesome. How, yeah. So what is it? Tell us more about it because clearly you were able to make a transition. So how long did you stay in healthcare and do this? We have such similar stories. I live like a double life for a little oh, bit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what? I graduated. So I had this four months between taking care of my grandmother, finishing my program and graduating and starting my business. And I was doing all of it at the same time. I graduated with honors and I turned down the job at the hospital. Oh, oh. I couldn't do it. My heart wasn't in it. I was, again, those panic attacks were taking over and I had just lost my grandmother. And so my whole world was upside down and me checking into a hospital on a daily basis was going to ruin me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I took, I took a giant leap of faith. I never tell anyone to quit their job to do this. I'm always like, we'll just do it alongside until you are seeing that it is matching and then exceeding your paycheck. Cause I don't want anyone to stress out. I was already stressed out. I was like, okay, I have to make this work. Like it was like do or die. Let's do this. And that's how I jumped in. And I was something where I just kind of opened up all those avenues in me. And I said, okay, I know nothing about this. I need to be coachable. I need to be a sponge. And I need, I need you to show me how the system works. And I did it. And it's not easy. And it's very interesting about, it's not difficult. It's not hard. It's, it's 
It, but what it is, is a personal development business. You have to be open to growth and to change and to stop thinking about life and your world in one way and understand that we have to keep adapting. And so you, this is part of that kind of like bob and weave. Now, what I didn't tell you about my life in school prior is I was 100% against public speaking. Really? I feared it like the plague. I would get flop sweat. I avoided, I made sure my major did not have any, you know, public speaking or communication course in it. But you're a great speaker now. Thank you. And that took practice. And that's part of how this whole new world has created this life for me because when I started this business, which I didn't mention. So Rodan and Fields is the skincare that I rep and I've been doing this for over eight years and I absolutely positively love it. And I know there's a thousand choices out there, but for me, this has been the right one. And I'm I'm so happy it fell in my lap. Um, But I also, when I started, we were very young. We're about two years old in this marketplace and LA is a big city Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there were not a lot of people here. And so the only way to get the word out was going to require me to stand up in front of people and talk, which was paralyzing with fear. And it was, it was something that I had to figure out quickly how to get over and practice. That's it. I would write out scripts, things I wanted to say. I would print the scripts and they'd be taped to my bathroom window. I, I teach this all the time to people. Bathroom window, sorry. Bathroom mirror. <laughs> I'm looking out the bathroom window. I did that too. Another story. <laughs> bathroom mirror. <laughs> so while I was getting ready in the morning, right, I would just be reading and reading and reading and just saying it over until finally those scripts would flow and it would be my natural voice talking so that when I went to go present, I was getting the main points that I wanted across, but they were also hearing my story because you have to share authentically or nothing works in this world. Right. Can't be fake. Right. Which is also, you know, retail is one thing like, you know, yes, that looks cute on you or no, that's not the right size or let's get you there. You know, it's not the same as when it's your own business. And if someone's never experienced it before, you have to be able to truly share authentically why this was important to you. And again, for me, it absolutely changed my skin. I don't worry about makeup anymore. Now that's just for fun. Um, I, I think my skin looks better now than it did eight years ago for sure. Um, but I, amazing. <laughs> thank you. I mean, it's, it feels good, but that was part of that confidence boost, yeah, because acne pummeled me. Um, I was, I, you know, I didn't have a problem with my skin prior to 32, 34-ish, 34. Um, and then it was bad. And you're and, like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I remember my mom used to get these crazy cystic pimples on her chin. And the, we would joke, we'd call them like Texas, like, cause they were so big. Like they were like a land of their own. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry for those. That's hilarious. They were, they were just big. I'd call them. <laughs> they had their own solar system. They just, you know, they were, and they're painful it's, and you cannot cover them and it requires medical attention. So, you know, most topical and oral treatments really don't address it. Um, you have to get cortisone injections, which are painful AF. And they're uh, not good for your body people. They're not good for your body, but you know, I'll do anything not to have this mountain growing on my face. Um, and again, it was really chin related and um, which is also very hormonal. So that was also happening in my life. 
<laughs> yeah, all those phones, put your phone down. I am a big advocate for, I don't care if it's pods or Bluetooth uh, something. Bluetooth, get that dirty a ass phone. <laughs> They're dirty ass phone off your face. It is yes. gross. You take that phone in the bathroom with you, get that off your face. Yes. And it. set it on the back of potties yeah. anyway. Gross. It's gross. It's so nasty. That, that phone is like the bottom of your purse. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's one. So it, it kind of all of a sudden these things were evolving. I had to figure out how to get over my biggest fear. Um, and it started off, you know, five people, 10 people, 30 people, maybe up to a hundred people that I would speak in front of. And then we got to, oh, that was the last time I was in Nashville. There was a leadership summit a few years into my business. And I was asked to speak um, about how I've been growing my business. They wanted to hear my best practices. And I was like, oh, sure. I'd never been to the leadership summit. I didn't know um, how many people were going to be there. I just knew that they asked me to speak about a topic that I was doing on a daily basis. I was like, sure, I'd be happy to share. I'm going to speak in front. Okay. But they're my peers, right? We all do the same business. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm writing down notes. My And the person, again, my, my upline, as we call it, she's like, you got this. You got this. Just make sure you've got your best practices listed down. Do like note cards and just, you know, rehearse before. And I'm like, okay, okay. I get there and I find out there's 6,000 people. I'm going to be miked. And wow. Yeah. And that, there's like um, monitors, but the monitors aren't working. They'd asked me for my notes and I was like, okay, good monitor. Good, good. That's good. Um, monitors were down that day. The mics weren't really working well. Um, so I had all that on before me. So the first night we got to Nashville, everyone out goes out and parties and have a, a good time. And I am in my hotel room. I am pacing and I am reading my note cards because I'm like, I just have to have this memorized. There's no oh, way about it. Yeah. Because unlike the people I'm presenting in front of who don't know anything I'm talking about, if I mess up, no one's going to know but me. Right. I'm talking to my peers now, like to do the business with me. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I have to tell you, it was really, really, really hard. The flop sweat was definitely still there. But after that day, conquered. No more fear. Isn't I, it? It's crazy. It's almost like it's so good that happened. Absolutely. Because um, I mean, I'll talk to the wall. So like I've never a lot of people my problem when I'm speaking and early on, I had to hire a coach literally to help me complete sentences. He's like, you're very entertaining. You lost me 15 minutes ago. You tell 10 stories in one breath. Like <laughs> you vomit way too much information and I walk away with nothing, but everyone's going to pay attention because like you're really loud. And so like I had to be coached on so many little things about it, but I, I was never like afraid, but then it's like, it's harder when you get up there and you start thinking about it, but it makes it even harder when you get there and your mic doesn't work, your yeah. slides don't work. Yeah. Um, and, and it's happened to me a couple times, but it, at least I've like done it enough to where I'm like, okay, I'm a really loud person. Right. And this is what I was going to talk about. And it's just like having a conversation with one person versus 6,000. Totally. I mean, it truly is the same thing. And when you, and I mean, you, for those of you who are listening, who have a fear of speaking, um, what would you tell them? Jump into it, just get out there. And if you have a message, say it. 
Get well, over yourself. <laughs> get get over your damn self, which is, yes. um, which is someone who I work with. I'm just my mentor, actually. Um, um, no, and and that's I learned from her. You know, my mentor, you know, helped me along the way. You know, I I, you know, I'm, so here I am, someone who's always um, developed talent and pushed talent to the front. I always stayed behind the camera, but I do know how to give good notes, and I also understood what had to be addressed. And what I do know from my former life is you have to have a script. You have to know what you're going to say because the worst, not the worst, the most difficult part of public speaking, and this was what was happening to me in the very beginning, is that moment when you're up there, you're excited about what you're going to say, but you start to hear your voice in the room and then you start to go, oh my God, that's my voice talking. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then you forget exactly where you were and you forget what you want to talk about and you stand there like a deer in the headlight going, uh, yeah. So uh <laughs> yeah you so, have to practice you have to practice but but the thing is again this was my deadliest fear right this was the biggest no no in my life and now i get paid to do public speaking so what you have to and that's what i love about this world about personal development you need to figure out what your strengths are but you need to address what your weaknesses are and you need to work on them because there was no way I was going to grow this business if I didn't get over my fear of public speaking. There's no way. Now, did I know back then I was going to do a podcast? No. Did I know I was going to write a book? No. None of these things were planned back then. This was just all an evolution. But I love it now. I mean, this is, I can't imagine anything else. And I'm so happy that this happened. But I don't, it wasn't easy, but it also wasn't the worst thing in the world. It was just practice. It's just like anything else in the world. You start a new career. You got to look at it like grad school. You got to do some homework. You got to practice. You got to train. You got to expect you're going to fall a bunch of times and you just got to get up. I get up. doesn't matter how many walls I hit. I dust myself off and I get back up and I go. So the confidence crown Boy, that was a long story to get there, guys. I'm sorry. I know, um, but I want to know, like, how, like, were you speaking before you started to realize, like, wow, I really, like, you overcame all this stuff, and then you're like, I need to help other people who need to get over this and help them and instill, like, the confidence. So I'm assuming that those situations is why you're so passionate because you think yeah. back at least I'm, um, I do that. I'm like, Oh my yeah. God. Okay. 15 years ago I was here and you were in that exact spot It not you, but like whoever yeah, yeah, yeah. help. No, sure. And it's just like, I I've been there and I know, and like, you got this. Totally. So, so that it would had, inspired you. Absolutely. So, you know, in this again, I'm talking about this one business model, you um, grow teams of people. So it's, you, know, you we call them business partners. Um, you have people who use your products and you have people who do the business with you. And the people who do the business with you, doesn't matter what their background is. Um, again, like me, no experience but prior. This is all brand new to me. Or, you know, they're also professionals. There are lawyers and doctors and um, full-time mommies and ice skate. I mean, Every profession, you know, has tried this. Um, the person who gets over this fear <laughs> is the one who will succeed. It, it's just amen. kind of like a longevity game, right? Yeah, amen is right. Mm -hmm. And what I was seeing was like really confident, wonderful people in my 
daily life who were team members who had rocking jobs. I mean, attorneys, like big, big jobs, right? They're expected to be able to speak up and speak out. And man, they would shrivel like a flower when one person gave them a no or someone gave them a side glance or you're doing what? And all of a sudden, all that confidence they had, all that like excitement, all that passion they had about this new project for them just fizzled. And away then, completely. And then they fizzle away. And you're just like, come on, trying to revive the dead. And you're just like, come on. I know if I wouldn't have presented this to you if I didn't think you could do it. I exactly. know who you are and I know what abilities you have. So the confidence crown was truly kind of out of what I'd been doing for my team and then other people that have I've coached over the years. And then I realized it was so funny. It's kind of an aha moment. I was like, oh shit. I've been a coach my whole life. I've been do I just didn't give myself the title. I didn't exactly. I, it's just this, I've been doing this since elementary school. Helping <laughs> people like they're like, that boy is mean to me. What do I do? Or I, you know, that girl. I mean, I have been helping people, including my mom. I I have been giving <laughs> <laughs> coaching sessions <laughs> on life, my whole life to people. I mean, think about the actors and the writers and the musicians that I, I exactly. worked with. You know, insecurities are flaring. And it's, it's, again, reminding them of what their strengths are, reminding them why they're so good at this, why they want to be on stage, right? So we go back to that why is your most important part. So when anyone yes. starts one of these businesses, we go back and forth on this. It's like, we need to know your why. And new people, like, they, this is like, I feel like this is the the first flag that if they don't get past that hurdle, they tend to kind of fade away because they really haven't addressed the true reason behind why they want to make this investment. Mm-hmm. And if they don't start investing in themselves by getting coaching or reading books or listening to books, however you want to do it, um, you're not going to go further because, again, we're not trained to do this. We were not taught how to do this growing up. It's very, very different. So for me, it's like, all right, there are people out there who need my help. I want to help them because it makes me feel good to serve. And I just have to figure out how to make it palatable. And the confidence crown was just kind of like, yeah, that's it. I mean, this, this common denominator between all these women that I know, it's they're lacking confidence, which surprised me again, because in our real world, they seem confident to me. So it's like, what the heck is happening here? So that's that's where that came from. So did you come up with the business name yourself or did you have, like, were you at dinner with friends and they were like, oh my God, or did you hire someone to help you? Like, how did you, cause it's so perfect and it's so fitting, but like, how did you come up with it? So there were, um, it's about a year and a half ago. Um, I had two assistants who, um, were VAs and we were kind of throwing names back and forth. And basically we, we knew that confidence was somehow going to be like the root of what we were doing mm-hmm. and creating. And we kept um, just throwing out words and making things click and match and making sure that somebody else hadn't already used that name somewhere. So like, you know, one of us on the computer looking to see if it's, it's out there already. Like if I'm on, you know, GoDaddy, is it available? Can we have this? Do we have this? <laughs> um, awesome. And so it was definitely a mix of us because I don't think one of us got, it was kind of a, this, that, we're just going back and forth in a circle. And then finally it clicked. And then we started having a lot of fun with it, with all the little catchphrases, which is make it rain. 
and earn your crown and uh, Yaz queen, because all this stuff we realize could be really empowering to women. And it could also be kind of tongue in cheek and for everyone, you know, because you can't take life too seriously. You've got Mm -mm. to, again, bounce back. Um, So that, I mean, really, it was just kind of like a, whew, this is what we're going to do. Because I was branded with another name prior to this. And um, and it only- How do you do the switch over? It's hard. It is hard. It's completely, I mean, it's hard. It is hard. And I had to trust that people would catch on and follow because I was just skin focused last time. Okay. And I really wanted to be able to show that I'm multifunctional. And while skincare is still an valuable part of my business and I will never not want to be part of this, um, I wanted to be able to share that I was doing other things, which is why we, again, we had to come up with a name that kind of uh, was encompassing of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also is that part about helping women make it rain confidence from the inside out because I know from my own experience with bad skin um, and going through those skin issues, you know, I was always been a confident person, but man, that shut me down. I wouldn't want to, you know, give eye contact. I'd wear makeup to the gym. Like I was not the the authentic me that I knew during that time. Um, So how could I bring that part out? Well, when you're not worrying about your skin, you can focus a lot more on the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is a big hang up and I and I get it, but it doesn't have to be. The thing is we have so many alternatives now. There's so many options. Nobody should be suffering from skin issues. Like that that should be one and done. Like no. We got yeah, there's way, worry about. way and it's like everything doesn't work for everybody. No. Um like in in being in healthcare and working around a lot of estheticians and a lot of my friends are in that. It's like I, the um, very first Botox conference for Allergan was in Nashville almost 20 years ago. I ended up planning it with the hospital. And I remember my mother who's like, would never do anything like put a needle in her face or highlight her hair or go to a tanning bed or spray tan or anything. And I'm like, mom, I'm planning this thing. And like, you can come and you can get a free gift card or they give you an Amex gift or, you know, I didn't really understand what I was doing. There were like 800 women there. It was like so neat. And there were four dermatologists up there talking about all the different things that Allergan was coming out with. And still to this day, my mother would not try it. But it's just, I'm like, but I started to get Botox at a very young age because I planned it. This doctor who was like the face of Allergan at the time, a long time ago, she's like, it's a, she educated me. It's preventative. It it will help you with this and this and this and this. And I would go like twice a year. I mean, you know, it's not like something all the time, but it, I'm so thankful 20 years ago. (laughs) I was given that opportunity because now like there's no way you look your age. And then when people look at me, I mean, I get carded to go to a rated R movie sometimes when I'm with like my nieces who are, you know, 17. So it's just, I'm so thankful for those things, but I can say it's funny. I feel like there's two different self-confidence things here because a lot of entrepreneurs, I don't know if you see this, but on one side, it's a mindset. Absolutely. You kind of have to teach that Mm -hmm. where like I didn't have the entrepreneur mindset growing up at all. Like I had to be taught that. Mm -hmm. But if you've got the mindset, but you don't feel good in your own skin, Mm -hmm. 
how are you going to help anybody else? Like, exactly. So it's like, you've got the mindset, but then what can you do? Right. And those of us who are just like, we're going to figure this out. Like, we'll just keep trying, 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 trying. So obviously the, the foundation, um, I'm sure with you, I'm assuming a lot of the people who use the products are women. Yes. I don't feel like men care so much. I don't know why. Oh, that's not true. But yes, actually my male clients are probably my best clients because once you tell them what they have to do, they stick to a regimen because they understand instructions. (laughs) They understand, you know, keeping up with things. They're funny. They are consistent. My male clients are more consistent than my female clients. That's kind of shocking. I know they're good. They're good. They're good. They don't, they don't always share. I will tell you the ones who get it, like get the business part of it, they are amazingly successful because they just like are fascinated by how this all works, but they've never had better skin either. And, you know, a lot of men get aged out of different careers. So being able to help them. And again, here in Southern California, we all have so much sun damage. Um, again, my, my male clients here specifically um, are so thankful because they didn't know that they could do these things at home and um, not have to have any kind of like extreme measure with their face. And they weren't ready to go see a doctor for those things. So actually I got to I think some of my male clients are the best. Yeah. They're great. They don't give me grief either. They're like, mm, I still, you know, I've been using that product for six months. I haven't run out yet. I'm like, six months, the 60 days. Like there's right. a reason. Right. You're not getting all the potency. You're not getting all the efficacy out of something. But yeah, no, the guys are good. Um, they just might not tell you. I will tell because again, well, since high school, I've been teaching boys how to wash their face and how to drive cars. Those are the two things I was very good at. That's hilarious. <laughs> they that will tell hilarious. me now, you used to put a mask on my face and you taught me how to drive a stick. I'm like, oh, it's just the independent girl. You're like, just listen to me and <laughs> totally. I will carry you on. So for, for sure. people who don't have that self-confidence, like Absolutely. what are a few, like we know it's important, but it's like, how do you gain it? Like, how do you really become confident? And like, it's funny because if you Googled it, I did this one day for my niece because I don't know, it was, I guess it's really much harder now as kids and like, I had to take her out of school. I homeschooled her for a little bit just to try to help and like get her head screwed on straight. But like, I didn't, I don't think our generation, like we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have all, I don't know. It's just a different pressure. But one day I Googled it and the very first, if you go to images, the thing that pops up is like women standing there with their hands on their hips, like with a power pose. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, this is so effing stupid. Like I would never stand in the shower and do that because I think I'm, I actually people were like, you're aggressively overly confident. And I'm like, (laughs) I am in my, in my element. I'm overly confident in events, technology, wedding, planning, psychology. Don't ask me about geography, history. (laughs) Don't ask me to do math. (laughs) I'm not good at any of that. And I'm not going to pretend to be good at everything. So just, we outsource that. But it's really a different world um, for like younger people. But like, I mean, other than those things, like stand in the power pose, like what are some things that people like really can do? to like so I I again I think some of us are born and I think 
I don't know if it's environment. I mean, my mom and my grandmother were definitely women who supported me and my ideas about things I wanted to do. And so I think part of that confidence was built in from them always being that way and always, you know, telling me I was good at what I did, even if I was trying different things. They were very, very, very supportive. Now they had both been in difficult, troubled relationships. So it's funny, there's like a dynamic of not wanting to repeat their behaviors. And also like my, I think my mom, like, I think she overstressed the, again, being independent, being, I think she overstressed, like you said, I probably, I'm probably a little too confident. Cause I've been told since I was like 16 that I intimidate men, which yeah. I, think I did not understand. I am not like five, one, like, I'm like, yeah, me too. How? I'm like, I'm 16. What do you mean? I, I intimidate you. I don't understand, but I've been told that my whole life. So I think it's a fine line. I think my mom instilled this confidence in me to never have to count on a man to take care of me because Amen. that is what she was not able to do, right? That, that, is, that is her story that becomes a limiting belief, right? And then we, we start to like, it creates some crazy in our head um, about what's right and wrong, who we are. So some of that was instilled very young. Take care of yourself. But I will say, in my personal life, it is a, a dynamic because men still find me too independent. Mm-hmm. Um, I out earn many of them, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they don't know what to do with me because they can't be the man and in control and in control. And yep. and yet nothing would make me happier than to have a man who wanted to actually want to try to take care of me because I've never had that happen Girl, me either <laughs> we are we're like soul sisters <laughs> but, but I, I have to say I am 100% okay with who I am and I am very proud of myself because after losing those two most important people in my life if I didn't have that foundation I would not have been able to bounce back um, and that would have leveled me for sure because it was already difficult and it did take me years, but I got to use these last eight years as a personal development plan for me. Like I, I figured out all this stuff as Marie Frollio says, it's all figure outable. You know, they, I love her. <laughs> I love her too. And I think that's it. There's, you've got to listen to different voices. You need to get a coach. I'm sorry. I'm a coach, Amen. but I have a coach. I do masterminds. Girl, I just put my hand up to go speak on stage with two of the best. And I have, I'm in the second round of auditions with Dean Graziosi and Tony. That's amazing. Robbins. And I'm, I'm crapping myself thinking like, there's no way you could have told me I would have done this, you know, eight years ago, let alone 20 years ago. This is not the person I was. So I believe that mindset is something we can learn, mm-hmm. but it again is a practice you have to want to get beyond the stuff that's holding you back, which means you're going to be uncomfortable, which means you're probably not going to, you know, get to sit on a couch and just Netflix and chill every time. You're going to actually need to get up and go do something and try mm-hmm. something different until you figure out your method, your madness. Because when I started this business, I knew networking in a different way. I was always like searching for talent. You know, I'd go to comedy stores or I'd be on set. I'd be looking for talent in different ways. Yep. Now I had to go to networking events after 
regular nine to five work and um, that other people had. So I'd have to go out at night and I'd have to meet with other business professionals and network. I didn't know what any of that was. I had to learn. So I always find it really interesting when people like, again, like give up or give it like a month or something like, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, you haven't tried anything yet. Like you got to talk to a lot of people and your confidence will build the more conversations you have. It's amazing how this works. Um, I mean, I didn't get the lesson of like, go for a hundred no's. Like what? No. Yes. Because you have to learn how to get over and to not give it so much weight because one person's opinion is simply theirs. And it's usually a time factor. I have so many people who have said no to me in the past who've circled back and said, okay, I'm ready now. Yeah. It's all about, yeah, t- I totally timing. agree. Like timing. It's timing. If you love it, if these things are working for you, if you have passion in whatever you're talking about and you have a strong bulletproof why, then I don't give a shit what anyone else says. I don't care if it's your mom, your sister, your best friend. If you think this is going to help you and your family um, and your future, and this is going to give you a sense of confidence, (laughs) truly, like that Mm -hmm. you are empowered, then that is the thing to go and chase and go for it. But you've got to be real with yourself. And you have to go back to that little girl on the playground and talk to her and say, what the hell are you still keeping me afraid of? Like, right. It's crazy. Now I talk to a lot of teenagers, not on purpose, but they find me on social media. Gravitate. A lot of bullying. Yeah. There's a lot of bullying going on. A in lot. And they want to learn like how to talk to people. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm, my heart goes out to them because I cannot, I cannot imagine being in school. Like you said, I can't imagine right now going through that um, and it's a couple different things I tell them. One, it's it's knowing who they are. Inside. You, gotta believe, you have to believe in yourself first. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. And then go find one other person in that school that believes in you too so that you've got a buddy because that helps. You, know, you need that accountability partner. You need mm-hmm. that buddy. And then when those bullies really go at it, get up the guts to turn around and ask them how they're doing. I'm sorry you're hurting so much. Mm-hmm. And it will level them because yep. they're not ex- they expect the fight. They want to fight because they're fighting. They're fighting for their life. They are the ones who are in pain. And so they're trying to inflict pain on others because they can't handle what they're feeling. So I go back again. What happened to you at five? What happened to you at 10? Why mm-hmm. are you still carrying around the girl who was left? You know, she didn't get picked for kickball. What's going on? Um, because you in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s should not be hanging on to this anymore. Mm-mm. That's what I hope to expand or expound cr- or get rid of. Like my um, one of my sister's kids, so one of, one of my nieces, she is all into acting and she's in, a, in all these plays. And, you know, I think she's pretty damn good, but I'm her aunt, so you know, she recently had an audition for a brand new company and you'll get this cause you're, you know, you get the talent thing and this is not related to school in any shape. It's a, it's not a brand new company. It's a brand new company for her right. to go and try out to be in these plays. And she killed it. I mean, she, and I was like on her ass, like every single day for three hours singing, she would stand up on our, on our bar, like where we like fix flowers and stuff. And like, 
wail and bail out and like practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. She was amazing. And then she gets this really crappy part. And I don't get involved in the mommy school politics because they're not my real kids. Thank God I would be in jail. But like she gets this part and my sister's like, I can't even tell you that like the kids' parents who like spend more money and all of it, like their kids aren't as good, but they get the good parts. And she's like, I can't tell a nine-year-old this is political. And so she's like, they have this theme party coming up. And she's like, I know, like we just did a Beauty and the Beast baby shower for our brother. And she's like, can you please like help us? Like just let, can I borrow all your Beauty and the Beast stuff? And I'm like, well, that shit wasn't mine. Like I don't have anything anymore. I'm like, but of course, like I can get it. We can rent it, whatever we need. She, she's like, because if we can show these people, like that's what we do. We throw freaking parties. Of course, of course. <laughs> and she's like, maybe she'll get a better role next year. And I'm like, you know, I hate the politics of this, but if, totally. if, if we have to like throw a good party t- for the kid to get like a good role and she freaking deserves it. I'm like, game on. Yeah, absolutely. It's so catty though. I'm just like, <laughs> this is crazy that people, actually, these kids work hard and some of them are super, super, super like in it. And some of them are in it because their parents want them to be in it. Yeah. It just, it's so sad. I do want to ask, how did you, when did you decide it was a good time to start your podcast and do a book? And how long did it take you to <laughs> get those started? <laughs> um, so I was a guest on a podcast um, two years before I launched mine and I loved the medium and I, th- I thought about it for two years. I, I, I was a guest on The Balance Blonde and it was really cool. Um, Jordan is a neighbor. It's a crazy story. Actually. I love that her podcast is great too. <laughs> her mom and my mom were best friends. It's the, but I had already left for college when Jordan was born. So I didn't know Jordan. It's the craziest story. But Jordan and I live a block away from each other and we used to work out together every day. And then her mom came to town and I was trying to catch up with her. And she's like, oh, just meet me for breakfast. I'm, I'm getting, my daughter lives in Brentwood too. I was like, oh, that's cool. We all sat down at the table and the two of us like, like <laughs> you're, you're her? <laughs> like, I was like, that is insane. Like I've known, like I knew basically for six months, I'd been seeing her daughter every morning working out. I know who she is, but I didn't know she was my friend's daughter. It was just so oh bizarre. Oh my gosh. So bizarre because again, it was like my mom's friend. Anyway, long story short. Um, we had, oh, this is the part I didn't talk in the story. So there was a, gosh, after my grandmother passed away and mm-hmm. I was starting this business, I started to really focus on my health and fitness more than ever because when my mom uh, was sick, I had gained a bunch of weight and then I had lost mm-hmm. it. And I was so fearful of going through that world again with my grandmother that I actually started a fitness routine, a program while she was sick. Um, and when I was in school so that that wouldn't happen again. Um, and something more than just like, Mm -hmm. I've always been active. I've always played sports. I've always loved all that stuff, but this was getting up at five or five 30 in the morning, having 30 minutes to work out before having to get to the hospital. Yeah, it was crazy. But that five days a week made sure that I was golden. And so when I got out healthy and healthy, because yeah, part of self-care is taking, you know, care of your body in many different ways. And, um, I come from a long line of, um, 
emotional eaters. So I was trying to avoid that one. And yeah, it's just part of my family trait. So I was like, okay, we're not going to have that happen again. So I went full force. And when I was starting my business, um, there was a workout I was doing and I really loved it. And this, this person was actually moving and opening a studio in my neighborhood. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. And so I went full force into it. And so close. Yeah. I was like, oh, it was meant to be right. I walk there every morning. This is great. So for two and a half years, I worked out two hours a day, six days a week. Wow. Now I don't, this is not how Jordan and I met, but I mean, this is why we met. Um, Cause I was actually rehabbing at the gym where she and I met, we were working after Okay, where she met her husband to be. He worked there. So we all, anyway, we're all neighbors. So I spent, and I, I say this now, I, I talk about it in my podcast. So again, when I was doing it at home, I had fabulous results. So when she opened the studio, I was like the first to put up my hand. I was like, I want to do this now all the time. So I was in, and again, two hours a day, six days a week, eight to I 10. I have to look this up. Oh never- girl, it's crazy. And when I was doing it at home, which is a different program, um, it was not as extreme. I was only doing it 30 minutes or an hour, three or five times a week. This two hours a day in a heated room um, shut down my adrenals. It um, caused me, it caused my cortisol to go off the charts. It put me into perimenopause. Every, every bad hormonal action that could happen happened in this two year period. And it took me, it took me two and a half years to realize that I was actually hurting myself because I was listening to her and she's like, no, you need to do more cardio and, you know, don't eat this. And she should make me crazy about food. And we had all these food allergy tests and all that because she had food issues. Now, again, I said, I come from a family of comfort eaters or emotional eaters, but I never had food issues. I just knew like eat less. It's all good. (laughs) Right. She was a dancer, um, but didn't get to be a dancer in college because she gained weight. Um, And so she has been, um, she has a uh, different eating. She has eating issues. She has food issues, major ones. And so she was trying to put them on me. She kept, you must be binge eating at night. You must be eating. I'm like, girl, I am so freaking tired. What do you mean? I'm like, no, no. But we kept cutting out food. So I was doing elimination diets. I was cutting out food. I was working out more and harder. And my body was just dying. And finally, finally, like my physical therapist who would have to see me like a couple times a week said, look, I love having you as a client because you are keeping me in business. She's like, but until you stop this, you are never going to heal. Cause I had so many injuries in my oh. um, ankles and calves uh, because this constant From cardio <laughs> pounding, yes, pounding. So with the floor, it's called this G shock. It's kind of like a basketball floor, but uh-huh. we, you are doing tons of lateral moves and vertical. So lateral moves, um, not so good um, all the time. Not for your knees or no. your ankles. Right. And not if I you're not wearing the right shoes. So right. Yeah. So was that. So every injury as a child came whoa, way back in this. Yep. So this was like, oh, great. All those things I did when I was a kid are now present. So it was crazy because at first, like I had great, great results at home, right? I was looking awesome when I started. And then I just kept gaining weight and gaining weight. And, gaining. and it looked like I had a down blanket covering my body. I was just puffy everywhere. And it was horrifying. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And, you know, I asked her about cortisol and she said, no, if that was real, I'd have it because I work out more than you. And so I just kept getting like the wrong information from her. And I kept seeking other doctors and going down this whole path of like figuring out my health because 
knowing what had happened to my mom and my grandmother, and actually the rest of my family, there's, they all had a different rare cancer. Um, I was preoccupied with figuring out what my ailments were going to be as I got older. So I was searching out all kinds of doctors and trying to figure this out and finally found an alternative medicine, integrative medicine doctor who confirmed your cortisol is off the charts. You now have um, hypothyroidism and you also are perimenopausal and everything that I was like, what? Um, I literally shut down my system and the nutritionist said to me the same thing. He's like, you've been training like an athlete and you've been eating like on a starvation diet. He's like, I wasn't eating more than 1200 calories a day. And I didn't know because 1200 calories a day in my real life, my height, who I am, that's normal. 1200, 1250, that's normal. Right. Because we're like five foot. Nothing. Yeah. But two hours a day of working out in a heated room. No, you got to eat a lot. for six days a week. Right. So I shut my whole system down. Now, going back to Jordan, she had similar issues. She had been become a vegan. It went extreme. She had was having the same hormonal issues that I was having. It was really crazy. And that what we were talking about that breakfast, like, why is she suffering? She's in her 20s. Why are we suffering from the same stuff? And how do both of us not know better? Like I, I was a hit myself. Like I'm in, I'm now 40. Like I should know better. She's in her twenties. And I'm like, this poor thing, because this is going to affect her reproductive or this is going to affect everything for her. Like I'm, you know, I'm already in this other, (laughs) I already hit the other world. Um, right. So it was understanding all of that and figuring out like her, why her skin was breaking out. I'm like, this is food. This is your hormones. This, we were just having all these conversations. So she had me on her show and I really am appreciative of it. It was one of the first eight episodes that she did and, That's and she's awesome. gotten a huge following. And I really loved the format, <laughs> long story short. Um, but I love that I could have this conversation without being on camera. Oh yeah. This is why you have a podcast. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. We're so I was sad. not like, big on the YouTube thing, right? I never, I wasn't a blogger and I never got on YouTube. And, but I, but I looked at that podcast as like, huh, I could do I this. Could, I, that I could do. Like, that's really cool. Like, you can still get your message out. So that was how it was. And, um, I sat on that for two years. I talked about it with different coaches, with different people. Um, I think a year before I actually launched it, I wrote out the first 12 episodes. I knew what I was going to be recording. Um, I was just like fine tuning it. And then I got busy with the rebranding. And then one of those assistants was like, you got to just start this. You got to just do it. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Like, let's do it. Like (laughs) like, a year ago, like last summer. And, um, I just started the whole process and recorded a bunch of them. And I think we finally launched in November, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, kind of like a challenge. And it's kind of how I operate. I guess when someone says, okay, I need you to do this, or I need you to try something different today. I'm like, "Mm, okay, I don't know if I I don't know if I'm going to be good at it, but I'm going to try. And that's really been my attitude all along. I don't know if I'll be good at it, but I'm going to try. So that's how this came. And then the book a couple months later, not even, I launched the podcast. Another coach I was working with said, okay, now that you are you know, you're a podcaster, you're a coach, you're um, skincare guru. Okay. She's like, I, you need one more title. I'm like, what? She's like, you need to be an author. And I was like, okay, I don't write. <laughs> like, this is not my thing. She's like, no, you can. She's like, you wrote your podcast. You can write this. I was like, okay. And this was December. 
She's like, and I'm looking at the calendar. I'm like, uh, I go, how quickly? She's like, you're going to do an ebook. You just, you know, just get it done. And I'm like, okay, I think I have two weeks. Like I won't go on vacation. I'll do it over the holidays. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what the hell to do. And I'm like, uh, I need an editor. Like, you know, I was the editor for my client. Like, I don't know how to do it for myself. I can do it for others. I can't do it for myself. Me too. So I just started writing and I, the editing process actually took longer than anything else, but I launched that ebook the beginning of March. And it's so cute too. Like I'm sitting here looking at it. The paperback's awesome. The paperback just came out. That was this in July. That was like, that took another whole editing process because when you are self-publishing, they don't tell you all the issues you're going to have trying to get things online. So yep. Thank you so much, but thank you. And I love it. And, you know, it's it really beautiful. needs to be in all color. I know. So when we created the ebook, we created a beautiful color um, downloadable workbook for the people who were going to be doing it like on a Kindle. They mm-hmm. needed to have the workbook aspect of it. So mm-hmm. there's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful um, workbook. And we were trying to figure out like how to get that in that paperback form. And at some point, I guess I'm going to have to run a hard copy version of this because it really, really is pretty um, when it's when you can actually see all the graphics and the details. But yeah, I, I feel good. It just, again, never in a million did I know I was going to write a book, but I did it. <laughs> but look at how much like all this has taken you mm-hmm. and now like you're about to start speaking with some of like the most well-known people. It's crazy. And, like something somebody said to me recently, because um, I mean, productivity and technology is not, again, it's not sexy, but someone, um, I was in a meeting and they were like, oh my God, you are like the girl version of Gary Vee. I mean, I was raised <laughs> awesome. by an undercover, you know, well, I mean, it's like every other word is fuck out of his mouth, like, but publicly and I mean, I don't, um, I try not to do that on some stages, but it's like, that's just who I am. I I mean, I grew up around that, but in a lot of men that just every other word was. As a talent agent, I don't know. It's hard. I have to bite my tongue not to do it. But fuck is a way to describe things. I'm sorry. This is so fucking good. I'm so fucking happy. And this is the fucking project out there. So yeah, I'm, I, I I just, I'm a big author. Yeah, it's so, just a description. It's just a verb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this other guy sitting in the room and he was like, no, no, Angela's not in that space. The difference between like Tony Robbins and Gary V and like, you know, some of the, he was like, they're very much like motivational where we have like actual methods that yeah. have worked in our business. And so we're teaching methods like, yes it needs a little motivation. Sometimes I'm like, I don't fucking need motivation. Like I get up excited every day and they're like, Angela, some people need to be motivated because they have a really bad day or they've had a hard client or their mother is dying or their father is dying. I mean, I've been through a lot of that myself and I, I get it. Um, so I have to remember that, but it's like, you have this process of this really authentic story of your skin, how it affected you, how it made you feel. You found a product, you found a company, you found that, but then how you've turned all of that into a brand is incredible. Oh, thank you. It is a process. See what you do next. You're so sweet. And it is a process. And the book does map out steps, you know, because there are people who, again, they're stuck, right? 
they want it, but they don't quite know how to get there. So there are daily practices. It is written in a workbook format so that you can journal, so that you can do the exercise. If you can answer the questions, then you're going to overcome some of these obstacles. And now you can dig deeper after, but this is, this is about getting you unstuck and to really have a great positive mindset so that you are building your confidence because it is a practice. Now, again, if I understood how it was truly bottled, I would do it and I would sell it. But it's, it's, it, it is something that you have to want mm-hmm. and it is something you have to believe in. And Get it is something you have to practice. It is That's right. multifunctional. It is not a one and done. <laughs> That's right. What is the best way for people to connect with you, follow you, listen to your podcast, all that good stuff? Well, I try to make it easy. (laughs) So you can find me at The Confidence Crown um, on Instagram, um, on Apple (laughs) Podcasts or anywhere that you listen to podcasts, um, and also on Facebook, um, The Confidence Crown. I love it. Thank you. Well, and it's so, again, it's it's like it was meant to be because I... Like when we do the same thing, we look for domains and we're like, oh, what is this? And then I'm like, I can't believe people don't have this name. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't understand. And it's like, oh, it was meant to be. And it's so fitting with your story too. So thank you. Thank you so, I could talk to you all day. I'm like, no, oh, I know, Angela, I'm like, I'm so sorry. We're taking up so much time. Sorry guys, no. but it was so much fun talking to you. And it is good. It is all good <clears throat> stuff. I love it. Thank you so much. No, guys. Yeah, guys, make sure that you go over and grab a copy of Lisa's book. And I love your hashtag B and then like hashtag, hashtag strong her. Yes. I love it. And that's on Amazon. So you can go grab the paperback or the um, Kindle version, whatever you prefer. Yay. And guys, like we all need affirmation and we all get knocked down, especially as women, because we think that we can do everything for everybody. And so if you're feeling down and you need some self-confidence and affirmation, like you're going to go through the workbook. It is therapeutic to like do these things. And sometimes I just have to like whiteboard things out. I'm like, absolutely about this, but thank you so much for all of your time today. And guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of Business Unveiled and be sure to check out Lisa's podcast, The Confidence Crown. Thank you, Lisa, for being here today. Thank you so much, Angela. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Everybody have a wonderful day. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not... Sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.